Hey, Joel. What up? Would you say that companies find it hard to attract the right candidates to apply for their jobs? Well, jobs to careers thought so. <laughs> jobs to careers? You mean Talru? Talru? Yeah, Talru. T A L R O O. What is that? Like a cross between talent and a kangaroo? <laughs> no, it's the cross between talent and recruiting. But Talru is focused on predicting, optimizing, and delivering talent directly to your email or ATS. Ah, uh-huh. okay. So it's totally data-driven talent attraction, which means the Talru platform enables recruiters to reach the right talent at the right time and at the right price. Okay, so that was weirdly intuitive, but yes. Guess what the best part is? <laughs> let me uh, let me take a shot here. You only pay for the candidates Talru delivers. Holy shit. Okay, so you've heard this before. So if you're out there listening in podcast land and you are attracting the wrong candidates, and we know you are, mm-hmm. or you feel like you're in a recruiting hamster wheel and there's just nowhere to go, right? You can go to talru.com slash attract. Again, that's talru.com slash attract and learn how Talru can get you better candidates for less cash. Or just go to chadcheese.com and click on the Talru logo. I'm all about the simple. You are a simple man. Like Shark Tank? Then you'll love Firing Squad. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to put the recruiting industry's bravest, ballsiest, and baddest startups through the gauntlet to see if they've got what it takes to make it out alive. Dig a foxhole and duck for cover, kids. The Chad and Cheese podcast is taking it to a whole other level. What's up, everybody? The December episode of Firing Squad. And if you if our guest was expecting sort of any uh, favorable treatment because of the holidays, well, she's in for a, a rude awakening, I must say. But that being said, welcome Carissa Miklasak. Am I saying that right? He did an awesome job. Close enough. <laughs> I don't think he did. I think she's being nice. <laughs> Miklusak. But you know what? When I first got married, I got a lot of Mrs. McCallsack. So I'm going to call it like a B. That's good with me. Okay, good. Considering that there's a sack in there that you should be lucky that I'm trying to say it as it is because I could make up a lot of different stuff. Yes, totally. So uh, Carissa is with Tiller. Um, Carissa, give us uh, a little bit about you before we get into to your company? Uh, sure. Thanks so much for having me today. Uh, I really cut my teeth in temporary staffing in the late 90s and then did a long stint uh, at careerbuilder.com and spun off to start building. <laughs> Let's just get it out of the way. I'm going to own it. Uh, and uh, I then started building startups in like 2008 when no one else in the world was thinking it was a good economy to do so. Mm-hmm. And Bootstrap, a company called called T Media and uh, was approached uh, by an investor that uh, really helped to inspire the company that I run now, Tiller. Other than that, I've got four and a half year old twins, a super geriatric dog that died twice and is still uh, hanging around. And I spend a lot of time in New York, Toronto and Cincinnati. Look at her going for the sympathy vote with the dying dog. Oh, nice. That's nice. Well, Chad, what he's in for. Yeah. So, Carissa, you are going to have two minutes to pitch Tiller. At the end of two minutes, you're going to hear the bell. Then uh, Joel and I are going to hit you with rapid fire Q&A. If the answers start uh, rambling, if you start rambling with the answers, Joel's going to hit you with the crickets. Uh, You're going to want to move along and also... uh, 
tighten that that game up. At the end of Q&A, I'm going to receive pretty much grades from Joel and I. It's either going to be big applause, which means you killed it. Uh, golf clap. That means Joel almost fell asleep. Uh, or uh, the firing squad. <laughs> that was pretty good, Chad. That was nice. All right. That means hit the bricks, close up shop, pull out the drawing board because your shit sucks. <laughs> so that's firing squad. Uh, Joel, are you ready to get that timer ready, buddy? I'm ready. Carissa, are you ready? More importantly. Let's do it. Boom. I'm ready. Two minutes starting. All right. Tiller is new search technology for the workforce. And what's different about Tiller is that we match on skills, not on titles. We actually think that titles are pretty biased and screen people out and not in. So here's an example of how we reallocate talent. Let's pretend that Tim had job A and gained skills one through three. And then Tim had job B and gained skills four, five, and six. But he's never had a job with title C. But yet title C requires Tim to have skills one, three, and six. Our technology will actually send Tim that job. And once a worker's screened and uh, background checked, they get to make the decision as to whether or not they want to go to work. There's no interviews in Tiller's marketplace. Uh, so our companies or our employers rather really trust us or our technology to make that decision based on skills. Once Tim goes to work, if there's a positive outcome, our algorithm learns from that and learns that there's, a, again, this neat new network between someone that's never done this job and someone that can. So for workers, we give them new opportunities. For clients, we give them a larger talent pool. And we've also recently just introduced our enterprise product, which does for companies the same thing that we do in our marketplace. Uh, so that's a bit about who we are. And skills are really the name of the game for us. So in the time you have left, where can someone find out more about Tiller? You can definitely go to www.tilr.com. And it's Tiller like uh, the Tiller that you pull on a sailboat to turn your direction. Uh, and also you can download our app uh, and uh, from a company or a worker perspective, check it out that way. We've been called the uh, Tinder, if you will, or Match.com. <laughs> oh, you I know, I know. I'm just getting them out of here of recruitment only because we have swipe left oh, and right. That's like the only similarity. God. So uh, other than that, uh, that's where you can learn more. All right. You're done. You asked for more, man. You asked for more. Swipe, swipe left and right just killed me. But even before that, I don't believe, I'm not good at math, but I, I don't believe that one plus three plus six equals C. Okay. That doesn't compute. I, I, did, I did a little research and it looked like you guys, at least before, focused on really trying to become like a new style ATS. And now you're talking about search. Interesting. Was that a pivot or? No, we never were in ATS. We came out um, truly with search. We focused on the on-demand market. Um, when we're asking people to believe in true algorithmic hiring and not interview, uh, we focused on the on-demand market, believing that jobs that had start and end dates would be an easier way for people to make that leap of faith uh, and start to uh, change the way that they recruit. Um, also, we focused on jobs in certain areas. Uh, we had in Cincinnati since he was our beta market and then spread uh -huh. to that uh, tri-state area. So we never really focused as an ATS at all. Um, we've always been search technology. Uh, the first product was our marketplace, which is a true on-demand marketplace that matches on skills, not on titles. And um, our second product now is Enterprise, which again is a white label of that product that does it for internal organizations. Okay, so one of the YouTube videos I watched actually focused on how the ATS process methodology sucks. Um, and uh, so... 
and it was one of one of your videos. Um, so th that is fairly confusing. So that was one of the reasons why when I was I was thinking about okay process methodology, you guys are looking to try to flip the script on how people get jobs. Now it was it was skill centric. There's no question, but on the front end, it was talking about how the ATS process methodology sucked. Is that not something that reigns kind of true to you? So we do pump out a lot of content. If watched like isolated as there's generally a theme of the month, it might seem strange, but we oftentimes like partner with ATSs to provide additional level of detail for the candidates during the onboarding process. Uh, so the message is they're perhaps incomplete and kind of like Ford, uh, when our current recruitment system was built, pumped out their first car, rather. Sorry, rather like when Ford pumped out their first car the same time our recruitment system was built, sometimes tends to look at a candidate in an archaic way. Uh, we do have young, spunky, uh, fired up people around saying everything sucks. Resumes suck, <laughs> titles suck, uh, ATSs suck, job postings suck. They're right. Uh, and I, I obviously totally don't disagree because I built the company. But um, yeah, no, you're not off base, but sorry if it indicated we were like an ATS. That's not at all our business nor a business. Personally, I want to spend any time in. <laughs> Good. You, you noticed Chad, you didn't say that the young kids are saying VR sucks, but that's a different podcast. Oh, nice. You so, about um, a branding question. Uh, I'm always interested in how you came up with the name. Certainly, if I go to tiller.com, uh, common spelling, if you will, uh, it takes me to a much different website. So, talk about how you came up with the name and the challenges that you have from the in the sales process of telling people where to go. Oh, interesting. Um, so we came up. Here's the true story of how we came up with the name. I, of course, think it's super fun. Um, one of my business partners, the investor that I mentioned earlier, has a jockey that rarely loses a race by the name of Bobby Tiller. He races horses. Uh, and he called me one night at about 1030. And we had all kind of names on a whiteboard. And I was kind of pissed off because we wanted internally to like own coming up with the name. We had this amazing MVP underway. You know, it's late at night. We're in this like workshop trying to figure it all out. I come home and I get a call from investor. You know, what about the name Bobby Tiller? Guy never loses. Da, da, da. So the next morning, uh, we wrote it on the board and everyone started to talk about it, tried to put it down. Um, we did look at T-I-L-L-E-R, but weren't really like feeling it. It was pretty formal uh, and started playing with, you know, different four letter, five letter versions of it, but kind of wanted a four letter version, right? Um, and looked at T-I-L-R and uh, I rented the name to test it out first before we actually bought the URL and we totally fell in love with it. We felt like it was both a noun, a verb. Uh, so we call our workers tiller community members. We also have an association where we offer uh, portable benefits, but that's beside the point. Um, one can also till, for example. Uh, and we hope that in the future, you know, people will say, I need to tiller that. Um, so we thought it was fun. Uh, and and that's how we introduced it. We haven't, maybe I need to pay closer attention because you ask a good question. It makes me kind of want to check things out. You know, what's the sales challenge in introducing it? Yeah, I feel like in, in, I feel like I'm 100 in this day and age, gentlemen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's literally what I was going to say. So I'll just own it. Uh, in this day and age, I feel like people don't really harp too much 
on your name. I did get one uh, pushback from a blogger and I apologize. I can't remember his name. He meant like the world to me because it was the day after we rolled out the name. That was like such a cool idea. Skills are so important. Why the hell did you go with one of these flicker, tiller, rah, rah, names? Like you seem smart. Why'd you, why'd you do that, man? Why, why? And I was like, oh, you know, that sucks. But um, anyways, it's been really fun. The only other thing I'll say about the name is everyone always thinks it's like tiller, like, oh, you know, you're sowing seeds, tiller like that. No, you can't really see what I'm doing right now, but you know, kind of higher up like tiller like this. Uh, and so I go through a lot of that. So does tiller have a community database? Um, in terms of where employers can go and look at tillers openly? No, we have a closed proprietary database and our algorithm uh, matches the most suitable tillers based on skills, availability and location um, directly to employer requests. Uh -huh. Actually, maybe you guys can help me. We want to kill the name posting. I can't figure out what to call it other than a posting. So I'm just like a request yeah. uh, when an employer makes a request. Um, but it's a closed database. We've had conversations about opening it. You know, what would be the meaning of that? Um, but to date, we've not. Okay. So the actual database itself, it's a database that a organization can post you're not going to get rid of that word. I'm sorry. You can post. I tried it's so hard been around for, like for 20 year. years. I mean, it's like a common unit. We can do right? it. It's, a, we can do it's it. a common unit and it's understood. So just use it. Not that I don't hate it, but just use it. Fair enough. So if I post into the actual database, does it match up against your tillers and then bring back your matching kind of uh, whoever matches in the database? You got it. Exactly right. 100%. And two different types of algorithms go to work. One is someone posts something and they need it now uh, or tomorrow. And there's a very short window. And in that way, it's like first come first serve, kind of like Uber, blow everything, you know, every tiller that matches uh, and has the right skill profile availability and location receives a push notification on their phone that says, um, this job is yours first come first serve. And remember, there's no additional interview with the employer. So once you accept the job, it's yours. Um, if there's a long longer window, we like to provide a better experience for the worker. Um, so we'll do a, more of a linear uh, algorithm where someone will have an exclusive, again, depending on the time frame, maybe half hour or hour uh, or day if it's a long assignment uh, to answer whether or not they can take it before it moves on to the next person. How big is the database and what type of individuals in a database? Is it entry level, mid level, or are you talking about extreme professionals at times? Um, we're not talking about extreme professionals uh, yet. We're really focused on jobs where people. What's an extreme professional? Not chance? me, I That's know. We but otherwise, we're, we're extreme oh. professionals. <laughs> Do I get to be one too? Maybe. Maybe. You guys will decide at the end. Let me know. In addition to the normal judgment system, um, we really are uh, asking people to make a leap of faith and trust an algorithm. So today, uh, when we're controlling the database, we're focused on uh, jobs like logistics, customer service, light sales, hospitality, uh, events. Um, oftentimes, we do serve one-off clients, like someone has uh, you know, uh, administrative person going on leave and needs to fill a job for two months. But we also serve uh, truly on demand things like an event center has a big event and needs 50 people to come in the morning to clean up. And they want to have 50 tiller community members uh, come in eight hours. Um, so we focus on a variety of, of different sectors. But um, I guess what's common to all of them is that there's a driving force that they need a business that's just in time 
or flows uh, with their business. So retail, you can imagine right now is huge for us. We've got a couple hundred people in a warehouse, another hundred people in a customer service center for key client in Columbus, and a couple other deals like that around the country that are really meaningful to us, um, where we become part of their planning for the year. Uh, you ask- and how big is the database? Yeah, sorry, I was going back to that. I was just gonna say, you ask a direct question. Um, direct to answer, we're just under 50,000 total Tiller community members. Um, and actively today on the site, we had about 417 clients posting since we can't figure out a better word um, or actively <laughs> looking for tellers. <laughs> One of the things you have going for you is the, uh, the on-demand workforce solution is hot. Uh, one of the things you have going against you is the on-demand workforce software or solution platform is hot. And on the show, we've talked about everyone from Plated to Snag to Upwork to Fiverr to TaskRabbit. Where do you guys fit in that e- economy and how are you different? So I get asked this question a lot, as you can imagine, and it's been hard to pinpoint us to date. But um, I think that we sit closely by... Uh, Upwork and Winolo uh, in that platform. What makes us really different, and I know I keep harping on it, is the way that we match on skills. So I don't want to say sorry because then you guys will boo me for being wimpy, but um, I, I can only come up with the word like I apologize that that example didn't make sense. But where our IP lies and where we're really different is let's say you eat a skate skill table. And then all of a sudden, you start to reallocate talent differently based on a different metric, and that's measured and either thumbs up or thumbs down over time. And you start to build like new neurons or connections between skills and outcomes, outcomes being titles like that word posts, it's a unit, it's how we understand things. And so that's where a lot of our IP sits are in these new connections that we've built between an amalgamation of someone's skill set and their ability to perform in the economy. And that's what makes us um, really different than let's say a Winolo that's also doing just in time on demand hiring and allowing scheduling and availability to be part of their algorithm, but really matching very differently. Why are you going sort of market to market? I think you mentioned, you know, you guys are in Cincinnati and you'd recently moved in or opened up in Indianapolis. Um, why not just open the floodgates and, and go in, go national? Um, at first, it was because we really wanted uh, to beta, of course. So we went to Cincinnati. Uh, believe it or not, it's a great city, I think, for innovation. Maybe you do believe it. Um, and it a place where like big companies will uh, take a chance and join beta pr- programs. Um, we then really took a community approach in Cincinnati, uh, where we started to work with a lot of underserved populations. And we started to replicate that market to market or community to community rather than a national flood. The other reason, just to be totally candid, is funding. We've got about $9 million into the business to date, and we've built two really meaningful products. Um, And we want to be able to make a difference and put the workers to work that sign up on the platform in the markets where we're live. Um, So as we go for our next round, uh, we'll do exactly what you're talking about, work to expand nationally. Uh, We'll likely, you'll see us beta a few larger markets first, like a New York or San Francisco uh, learn from any differences of some of the tier two only in size, not in love and passion and productivity markets that we focus on to date. But I mean, it really comes down to marketing dollars. And you raised five million to date. Nine million. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So skill sets rather than job titles and resumes. So what data are you using, if not candidate profile data or, or, or resumes, to to pull all this together to to be able to match against these job ontologies? 
Yep, you got it. A better word than I could come up with. Consider that stolen. Um, so uh, two different ways. One is uh, that person by person, people upload their skills. That's how it works in the marketplace. And we joke a lot that marketplace earned us the right to enterprise or build this white label. Um, because as we learn from everyone's skills, um, it, you know, they can lie to us just like you lie on a resume or in an interview. But where the difference is, is the first time they go to work, there's a 360 degree rating cycle. Second time they go to work, we have a really good score on the accuracy of their skills, predictability around their work behavior and that kind a piece. So that's one way that we learn. The other way that we learn now that we've earned the right is with our enterprise product. When we go into an implementation, the first thing that we do is eat the organization's existing skill table. We don't expect their skill table or even the names of their jobs to resemble our, let's call it tiller, uh, you know, master database. And so then we learn from every single one of those implementations as well. And we're able to share the learning we have from marketplace with our clients and vice versa. Uh, and so that helps us to become that much smarter, burn that many new connections, that many new neurons, if you will. I love that we're talking about how do we uh, refer to postings as something different. And it, it, it occurred to me that these models of on-demand work pl workforce uh, platforms really expect employers to sort of make a, a mind change of how they normally do business, right? Like most Absolutely. of them, I'm sure, you know, post on Craigslist, they get responses, they interview, and then they're done. So talk about the the challenge that that's been and how you're overcoming it. Yep, absolutely. That's the biggest challenge. And um, I wanted to stop talking before I got like a boo earlier, because I felt like I was starting to ramble. But I was going to say, I, you know, said, where do you fit in kind of starting to talk about competitors and what we run into in terms of competition with dollars is just that. It's job postings. It's traditional recruitment. It's not Winola. We're not running into them or ShiftGig or um, even Upwork in the market. We're running into exactly what you talked about. Like This is the way we've recruited forever. Uh, and so um, you know, one of the things that we do is really build trust by asking for very small uh, order uh, or a job that's oftentimes hired in mass and doesn't have uh, any type of uh, customer interface in order to earn trust. Um, what we do find is very quickly in the process. So for example, we went into uh, mainly entry-level jobs or uh, like warehousing uh, data entry jobs for our beta program. The way that we got to uh, hiring recruiters, for example, with this technology or sales professionals or customer interfacing professionals at events was by earning that trust uh, up through the organization or through a referral network uh, by doing well on uh, less interactive roles, if that makes sense. Um, so that's one of the way we do is just with grit and earning it one role at a time. Um, now that we've been in the market uh, for, for just two years, some of that was beta, but let's just call it two years, um, we do have a number of case studies and a number of clients that are really willing to show not only how drastically the costs reduced, but how they felt like they couldn't hire in their backyard. And now because they're looking at skills as the pool, not titles as the pool, it's, it's much larger and they're able to hire refreshingly locally. I have sort of a general question about the whole on-demand um, phenomenon or trend. Um, companies spend a lot of money on employer brand, you know, what it's like to work here, who we are, Absolutely. et cetera. Does that, does that matter in an on-demand uh, environment? Because do you really care about an employer's brand? You're just going to go 
you know, work based on what an algorithm told me on, on Tiller or another website? So it's an interesting question. And maybe I'm like a traditionalist all of a sudden, but I think it does. Like you'd be really surprised at the passion that Tiller community members have for working on projects, even if it's only an XYZ client for the holiday for three and a half months. Also, a lot of these roles, not a lot, 10% of these roles turn into um, full-time job opportunities as well. You know, if someone falls in love with their Tiller, we don't want them to hire them behind our back. So we make it really easy on the platform if the Tiller is interested uh, to move off our platform. And, and like to a new home. Um, what I find, and I don't want to be overly uh, cheesy, so I'll say this at, at risk of a boo, um, but that is like values truly are changing. And even in the quote unquote on-demand economy, which I think is a word that will go away, but yet the behaviors of this new workforce will stay. Even though people want to work on different projects around different schedules, they want to be attached to things that are making a difference. And they want to be very clear about how what they're doing is making a difference. Like our most successful clients have programs for their quote unquote on-demand workers uh, in hopes that they won't have to retrain a whole new crew next year. And a lot of them will come back and make this cyclical opportunity part of their behavior. Behavior. I actually don't like the word on demand. Um, I just think it's like the trend is our friend right now. And it's a really smart place to prove algorithmic hiring. Yeah, you have to play to kind of like AI chatbots, machine learning, yeah. right? It's like, oh yeah, okay, well. And that's why you actually like purposely see me stay away from those words. I mean, if you've noticed, I haven't said them once because I think like what we're saying is behaviors are changing so much. I think that's what's here to stay. So anyways, at the risk of being cheesy. So just adding skill sets into the process. So let's say you go into a market. What if a candidate, because this is a brand new candidate base that you're actually getting into. What if a candidate believe uh, that they're an expert, but they're really just average? How do you weed out like the oversized egos? Does that just happen through the process as the companies review them? But I mean, how does how does that all come together? couple different checkpoints right now. And maybe one becomes automatic in the future, hint, hint, specifically in certain verticals where we're comfortable uh, or have staffed uh, a long time in the markets. Um, but to date, the first thing is absolutely like LinkedIn, like a resume, self-onboarding. Like you tell us who you are and your proficiency. Next thing is we have literally interviewed uh, in 15 to 20 minute phone call every single Tiller community member to date. We did that for learning. We did it to hold hands to help people understand this new experience and to learn how we could automate it. Um, we do ask experiential questions. So it's as good as a quick interview. You know, you said you're a five at resolving customer problems. Tell me the largest customer problem you've resolved on the phone and how many minutes it took you to resolve it. What skills did you use? Um, but then of course they do a background check. But once that's done, you're right. Like they could have lied to us just like a normal uh, interview or recruitment process where uh, the proof really lies is the first time they go on site, uh, the first employer rates their proficiency in said skills uh, and they rate the experience as well. Uh, and that algorithm gets uh, stronger and stronger, the accuracy rather becomes stronger and stronger. And then we look for trends over time. Um, we are in conversations as we earn the right to go further up the, the chain in terms of the sophistication of roles to partner with and lay over things like personality testing um, and such. But we've kept it really simple to date and really focused on that reallocation of skills. Like, can you take someone that has been um, a, a bank teller 
and a, um, I don't know, sales rep uh, and have them all of a sudden uh, manage a retail organization? Like, do the skills translate in that regard? I guess they'd be missing the management. Uh, how, how do you interview these individuals? Is it a phone interview? What's the actual yeah. interview? So to date on the app, yeah. um, once you're done onboarding yourself, uh, there's something that pops up and tells you to book a phone call. And we've literally had phone calls. The reason I was saying hint, hint um, is we have built a chatbot in 25 different areas where we feel, you know, we've done hundreds, thousands of matches and really can uh, understand a pattern and have a chatbot ask and and screen, if you will, for us, Um, but only in those verticals and new verticals where we are new, we still want to learn and and talk to people. And we also do have like a white glove free of charge. So maybe white glove is not a good word. Good thing I'm not in marketing anymore, eh? Um, but like a, a white glove service, if any worker or employer wants their hand held, I mean, it's really a strange experience, right? Like we had to tell workers when we first opened, like, no, there's nothing else. The job is yours. Like go to work now. And they're like, what do you mean? Like I accept it. We're like, yeah, you're already screened. Like go to work. You're going to be rated there. Like, what are you talking about? No, no, man, you got the job. Or like employers all of a sudden just see like, hey, Ed will be there at four. They're like, okay, profile looks great. Like, so yeah, Ed's coming. Like, expect Ed. So uh, the conversations have been really helpful because we condense sometime the hiring process to like thirty seconds. And although it's efficient and great, it freaks people out. What's the ejection rate, though? I mean, because they don't show up 100% of the time. What's the ejection rate that you're seeing right now in your analytics? You're totally right. Uh, Biggest problem, I think, in the industry is no-shows, specifically as you start to address certain industries. like People have tough problems, like transportation problems, childcare uh, problems, and that's fair. Um, We have gone from like a 40% no-show when we opened in beta uh, to about an 8% no-show. And now we have um, algorithmic uh, things that kick off in the background. Uh, Let's just call them things since my CTO is on the phone with me uh, that allow us uh, based on how the client has uh, preference, they want to handle a no-show situation, kick off to either send someone new within the hour, send someone new the next day, not replace them. So that's part of the client onboarding process is to understand how they want to hire that. My God, we just threw in ghosting. Are there any other buzz terms that we can use on this? Ghosting. Um, I look at, you know, sort of both sides of, of where your market is and, and sort of downstream, you have some of the names I mentioned with Snag and Plated and Winolo that you mentioned. And I look at the high end and I look at Facebook um, LinkedIn going after sort of a similar small business, you know, instant matching uh, solution. Uncommon is a sponsor, and they have a really cool sort of sourcing and and programmatic um, advertising tool. Text recruit, text sourcing. Mm-hmm. Like my my question is, what keeps you up at night? Because those kinds of things would keep me up at night. But I'm curious, what what keeps you awake? This is such a sh- shitty answer for lack of a better vocabulary word. I sleep so good. And that's not to be arrogant at all. I'll tell you what my worries are. But I hit a certain point at Tiller where uh, I just started sleeping really great because there's so many things can keep you up. I just started sleeping great finally after being insomniac for years. But that's too much about me personally. I digress. Um, Here are the things that I really worry about. I don't worry about a crowded space. I think that a crowded space shows validation. I also look at LinkedIn, um, Upwork, perhaps not Winolo, but a lot of the organizations you just mentioned as great potential partners for what we're doing. Also, in full disclosure, my husband just left LinkedIn a year ago after being there for a long time. So I'm, I, I know the 
team there well. And I think that there's a lot of partnership opportunities long term with organizations like that. Um, what keeps me up at night is this. There's a very finite opportunity, um, I believe anyways, to change the way that people look at other people. Uh, and I don't know that we're moving fast enough or that we can necessarily do it alone. So I'm a big proponent of partnerships. And what I mean by that is truly when you start to look at people as an amalgamation of their skills, they are worthy of so much more. Like we're trained as a culture, take McDonald's off your resume because you want to be an engineer and no one cares if you worked at McDonald's um, because it's it's just going to hurt you. Your manager doesn't want to see that. But there's really skills that are gained during that job. And if we can flip the script and change the way that people are measuring other people, I think we're going to have a lot more dynamic workforce and we'll still have a skill gap, but it'll be a manageable skill gap. And what keeps me up at night is investors are investing in the space right now or why the reason I should wake up at night rather and get on my computer rather than sleep well is investors are investing in the space now. Um, and I don't know that any one entity can move fast enough to really take advantage of uh, dare I say, of the way that we could impact humanity over the next few years while recruitment finally has a data focus uh, after decades of other verticals really benefiting from it. But I feel like you're hearing like true passion from me now. So I'm going to get off my soapbox. I love it. I love it. Well, our time here is coming to an end. So no, you guys have sort of a unique um, offering where you only pay if I guess you hire or there's a match. Yep. Like talk about that. What can companies expect to pay for your service? 100%. Um, 25% uh, on the hour when someone goes to work and you're pleased with the work. So you've got it. We've kept it really simple. No barriers to entry. We've looked at different subscriptions models, perhaps in the future, we'll introduce, you know, different pieces, but um, completely complimentary uh, to sign up, uh, you post a job. And if it's filled, and the person comes to work and work, uh, you pay that 25% on the hourly. Uh, that's really it. It keeps us competitive. It keeps things easy. Um, we don't do a percentage of salary for conversion fleas. It's literally a flat fee uh, between $500 and $1,500 uh, if you want someone to convert to a W-2 employee and, and find their home with your company. Um, enterprise uh, is sold um, as a SaaS uh, model, as you would imagine. There's an implementation fee uh, that grows if you want it uh, integrated uh, with things like your ATS, as we talked about earlier, um, or your LMS, if you really want to identify skill gap and close it. And then there's a per person per month charge that ranges between a dollar and six dollars, depending on the number of users. So it's pretty straightforward. <laughs> That was the longest pricing answer I think we've ever gotten. Okay. At least I answered. I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of people on your show go, Yeah, well, just call one of our sales reps for an answer. So at oh, least I'm direct. It's all there. I like it. All right. I like it. a little saucy here at the no, end. No, not at all. Uh, it's time to face the squad. Uh, I'm going to give my uh, review first. Um Man, I think, you know, when we look at sort of categories in recruiting right now that, that's hot with automation and uh, programmatic and I could go on and on. But this whole like on-demand workforce, although you don't like the term, is sort of a trend totally. that we're seeing. I think it's a real trend. Um, and I think I've said so on the show quite a few times. I think that... It, it the challenge for you. So I like the business model that you're in. Um, I do like the brand, although I don't know if I mentioned that or not. I, I do think it's pretty unique. Thank you. Um, it's an incredibly crowded, crowded space. Um, and you know the money you've raised. I know you're looking at raising more money. Like I think you even said, you know, how is somebody going to really you know stake a claim in this industry? And you said the, the the toughest challenge you have is sort of educating the marketplace. 
And I just think that that is going to be a major challenge to your business. And I see someone like a Facebook, um, you know, someone with a big brand that has numbers, that has data, that has, I guess, bigger brains than you, no offense, and most of your other brethren. Like, to me, that is a real fear. And that would keep me up at night. And even, you know, we didn't mention Google, but I think Google, uh, Google, Google is a real as well, right? Google hire and small businesses that use G Suite. And so I could go on and on. But, but I think ultimately... Um, I think you guys have a good team. I like your DNA, uh, regardless of how much of a hard time we give CareerBuilder. Um, I like what you guys are doing from a market-to-market standpoint, um, even though the, the tr- traditional logic would say otherwise. Um, so ultimately, I think good business. I just think my my hurdle in giving you an, a rousing applause is the marketplace and how competitive it is and the big, deep pockets that you're going to have to go up against. So for me, it's... A uh, light applause. My grandpa was a golfer, so it means a lot in my heart. So I'm going to take it as a win. And uh, I, I appreciate the good analysis. Yeah, no, you're lucky you didn't open up the guns. Okay, so my turn, Carissa, I totally agree with the uh, the process must change. The recruiting <laughs> takes too goddamn long. There's no reason for it, right? <laughs> Uh, so I love the concept. I, I'm hot on AI algorithms doing quick matching and delivery. I mean, that's that's exactly where we need to be today, not tomorrow, but today. And 8% no show is ridiculously awesome, right? I mean, that is, especially for that market, 8%, I would, I would probably pit that against uh, most of any of the other competitors that are out there, even staffing organizations. Two things. One one thing, uh, obviously, Joel mentioned, you know, from being a tight market to not a tight market. Yes, it's validation. There's no question. But there are big names in this market. Um, I wouldn't worry about that as much because you are really focusing on going from region to region. Uh, the biggest problem that I have, and this is where you were kind of like teetering on big applause and, and golf clap, is scalability. If you can integrate chatbots and stop doing phone screens, when you do that and you get to that spot, you come back and I will give you a big applause. But the scalability, as you well know, to be able to get that moving and to be able to scale out and scale fast, that's the big key, right? So at this point, you're almost there but I'm going to give you a golf clap. You survived, Carissa. Congratulations. Thanks, gentlemen. I had fun. And uh, whether it's on the air or uh, one-off, let's follow up. We'll introduce that chatbot in Q1. Uh, and I very much enjoyed my time. Thanks so much. Excellent. You bet. Well, since he is, since he is very close to Indy, so hopefully you can make up a trip and, and show us the new scaling features that you have. There you go. Absolutely. We'll bring my CTO. He's much smarter than I. Well, we can all have a drink. We, we out. out. This has been the Firing Squad. Be sure to subscribe to the Chad and Cheese podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're a startup who wants to face the Firing Squad, contact the boys at chadcheese.com today. That's www.chadcheese.com.
The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.